0: episode of and when i say i mean maybe we can say that this time i am your host austin
1: and i am your other host adrian
0: so this week we are talking about what's like a relatively old news article in terms of how fast news articles get written uh about fire and fury uh found i i'll give you one guess the atlantic (laughs) <laughs> um. so Fire and Fury if you don't know is a book written by Michael Wolff I think I've mentioned it before um Probably. and it is about the basically just about the Trump White House um what s- Trump's day is like and what people think of him I haven't read it um I definitely I'm haven't you yeah uh but with the article, the article is writing about the style or genre of Fire and Fury, not really discussing what the book is about or what's in the book. So I, you know, I plan to kind of follow in that vein. I don't plan to talk much, if at all, about what's actually in the book, because for the most part, I have no idea.
1: I think I th- I think talking about what this article is talking about is much more interesting and talking about what's in the book.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and they mentioned Tolstoy and Dostoyevsky in the article. So I was like a
1: this classic is, when this Austin, is actually, sends me this, this is article. literally
0: one of my favorite articles I've read <laughs> this month.
1: Austin sends me this article. I get to the end of it and it's talking about all these Russian authors. And I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like, of course. Oh, I bet he didn't even two. know that when he started. When he like started reading this article, but then by the oh, end, he's yeah. like, okay,
0: is- the article is a perfectly postmodern White House book. Like, I'm not gonna read that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, what he is talking about, and most like a lot of the discussion that I've heard around the book. If you're not a late night talk host, just mocking Trump for what's in it, is are, are we serious? Like, is are we are we taking this seriously? Um, because a lot of the journalistic integrity of the book has been called into question, and uh, according to this article, where when it quotes the preface, uh, the book is calling itself into question. Um, right. Wolf says at at the very beginning many of the accounts of what has happened in the Trump White House are in conflict with one another. Many in Trumpian fashion are boldly baldly untrue. Yeah, Those I, conflicts I got s- and the looseness up on that too. with the truth, if not with reality itself, are an elemental thread of the book. Um so Wolf is weirdly saying at the beginning of a book that I would on the surface I would say is journalism uh that most of what he's heard is in conflict with one another or just straight up falsehood um
1: but uh, and and why that is even more concerning as a reader is the fact that he's presenting these things as if they are truth would you Would you not agree with that
0: no that's true uh- c- I watched an interview uh with him on the i think it's the late show with Stephen Colbert. Whichever one Colbert does, Mm -hmm. uh, and he Colbert asked him, "How much of this is true? How much should I believe?" He said, uh, "Everything." Um, He said, "All of it's true. If it's, if he got conflicting stories, he would go with his, his feeling of what was true, or, to him, it's it's more, it's more important apparently to convey, just the." The conflict and like presenting of their own I'm gonna say narratives a lot here, even though I hate that, <laughs> but I'm gonna have to do it that presenting their own narratives is more important than saying this definitely happened or this definitely did not happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is uh which is weird, so I guess how do we think of fire and fury is it act- is it journalism? And if it is journalism, how? Right. And if it's not journalism, why is it important, or is it?
1: Right. Um, I really don't know. To start – I hear this all started off because I don't really know what to – where we're going Kay. yet. But um, today, just this afternoon, I went and saw The Post, which, if you're not familiar, is a – Oscar nominated film for Best Picture starring Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks.
0: Directed by Steven Spielberg, directed by for like the big three of just replace Tom Hanks with Daniel Day Lewis and you'll have like the most awarded director, leading male and female in like Um, history. Anyway.
1: Right. Um, so so yes, lots of great names behind it. But anyways, it's about it's following the story of the Washington Post um, in the nineteen early nineteen seventies um, during the Nixon presidency. Um, and beginning of the movie, it, this guy basically leaks a just like a ton of classified information about the last like thirty years, maybe not thirty years. I don't know, a long time. Um, classified information about the Vietnam War, um, and basically how the pres every all the presidents um, up until this point have been covering up the fact that they basically have known that the war was a lost cause, um, but are lying to the general public to tell them that you know things are fine, things are going great, just essentially just so that that doesn't look bad that america has lost the war or something like that um so the story is following these people as they discover this information and following the washington post as they deal with do we release this information even though we could be arrested for it um, or do we stand up for the rights of the freedom of speech um so i thought it was very well done um, Meryl Streep killed it. Um Well,
0: I mean it's Meryl Streep, so
1: Right, right. Um, but no, it was very good. Um, so in that case and and I and it was very good not only just because it was a good movie, but I think the idea is getting behind it is is good. Um where these people have to make the decision, right? Do I care is is, you know, me potentially going to jail more important than like the people knowing the truth um, and and not um, – yeah, just being lied to by the government. So one of the great lines from it was quoting one of the founding fathers or something. But maybe not. Maybe it's just an ideal or something. But like the idea that the free press is not there to – I'm going to mess up the line, but it's to – um, get the ideas or get the truth to the public, to the governed, not be a tool of th- the government. I forget what that line is, but anyways, it's not to be driven mm. by the government, but rather be a tool for the govern,
0: governed, federalist
1: um, which I thought was good. And I think is, is a really important part of the media and of that aspect of freedom of speech so how does that fit into this to this article um
0: things have changed since the uh 70s
1: things have changed a lot um going back to we now live in a world of of fake news um which is really what this book is i think um and not in the sense that it it's necessarily all fake, but it it just has that fake news feel to it, where it's like, we're gonna put out what we want to say, and not really care mm-hmm. about what is true, whether it whether or not all the details are true, but we want this idea to get across. You know, it's that's a classic. So, I would yeah. say Trump probably started the whole idea of fake news, right? Where it's like, I don't really care about the details, even though I'm gonna use a lot of details. But the idea may or may not be true, or the idea I want to get across is is being presented as if it's true.
0: I would say it's a little presumptuous to say that started with uh, Donald Trump, but so I'm gonna I'm gonna give an example. There was a tweet by a a r- reporter journalist uh, from one of the big media outlets, the mainstream media, if you will he tweeted a picture of a Trump rally before the rally started uh, that showed the convention center or whatever it was mostly empty and said, hey, look at this Trump rally. Nobody's here. Uh, Later, they found out that he took it before everyone had shown up and there were actually a lot of people at the rally. So people were upset um, because he seems to be lying to them. The journalist or reporter, he said that he wasn't lying to them, but that the the narrative is more important than the facts. Mm. So it's more important to see that Trump is widely unpopular among the American public than to say, hey, there are actually people at this. And that, like, losing sight of that Trump is very popular among the people with whom he's popular if that sentence makes any sense mm-hmm. um even if like over 50% of the the US disapproves of his presidency um but yeah i i would say that hasn't really it's been going on for uh a while in literature and avant-garde art so i'm going to s- uh, like i'm going to sound really snooty when i'm talking about this but Really, the the book seems to be saying, like, I th- I think maybe his point is, uh, how do you say that anything is, how do you report anything with any factual evidence if everyone is saying that things are different? Um, so it's to him, maybe it's more important to capture that everyone is just trying to impose their own beliefs on the presidency, on the U.S., um and it doesn't really what matter what happens uh what matters is what story gets told about that so that's that's been going on in in fiction for a long time so uh i have a book it's called a harper breaking work of staggering genius uh very humble and it's so if you pick it up in a bookstore it would be under the like, in the fiction section. Um, And I don't know if you all read a lot of books. And if you do read books, I don't know if you read, like, the publishing pages where it says, this is a work of fiction and all, you know, resemblance to real-life characters or Mm -hmm. people is unintentional. So You see that a lot
1: in movies and TV shows sometimes, too. That's where I see it more frequently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's in most fiction books or all fiction books, but a hard-working work of staggering genius says this is a work of fiction only in that in many cases, the author could not remember the exact words said by certain people and exact descriptions of certain things. So I had to fill in the gaps as best he could. Otherwise all characters and incidents and dialogue are real are not the products of the author's imagination because at the time of the writing, the author had no imagination whatsoever. Uh, Anyway, any resemblance to persons living or dead should be plainly apparent to them <laughs> and those who know them so um, this work of fiction is he's he's writing it autobiographical basically, but he mm-hmm. says that he dial or er compresses the time that events take place in, so some things happen artificially quickly to make it a better story. Mm-hmm. So what people say in the literature world is that, like, even an autobiogra- autobiography or uh, a biography that is fictional in the sense that you're leaving things out. So the narrative that you're making is artificial no matter what you do mm-hmm. because you're not going to put down everything exactly as it happened because that would right. be painfully boring. And you, don't you can't find that out anyway. People don't remember. They don't keep track of everything that happens. Mm-hmm. So regardless of what you're going to do, you you have to introduce some sort of false structure, some false narrative that right. doesn't actually exist in their lives well, to, to tell a story that is actually a story.
1: Right. And I, d- I wouldn't necessarily say it's a false narrative. That when I'm thinking about like a biography or something along those lines right it's not necessarily a false narrative but rather I'm choosing to tell the story in a way that I feel like this is or, or, or I look at uh, for instance I look at this person's life and you're essentially saying what what is the story about this person I want to tell mm-hmm. and then therefore you tell the story in that way so so then this you know the thing that you're trying to tell isn't necessarily fake or fiction it's a real life attribute. right but you are constructing person. But you're constructing narrative. the story and the narrative so as to highlight, highlight that point. Um, mm-hmm. and, and in a sense, I think that's fine. I think that, uh, for one thing, I th- like you said, it's impossible not to do that. Um, right. And another thing, I don't think it necessarily takes away from a person or it takes away from a story, um, you know, a, a historical event. Um, and in this case... I think that he's it seems weird but I I think in another sense it's fine for him to do what he did um and write it, and how he wrote fire and fury. Um I think that you have to take it as a as that you have to take it as this person is telling a narrative or he's telling a story to get to this goal. Um mm-hmm. but I think if you are looking at it to take away a lot of truth or a lot of, you know, if you're trying to gain a lot of hard facts and information from this book, I think you're reading it for the wrong reasons.
0: Yeah. Um, heartbreaking work of Staggering Genius, by the way, is uh, published in 2002. Uh, no, sorry, 2000. Anyway. Yeah. the I would say the book isn't journalism. Mm-hmm. but it like kind of is i don't know if uh wolf is intentionally misrepresenting it as journalism i think he is yeah um because he i mean he clearly has his own purpose in writing this book mm. and i for to him it seems to be an exposé right. um but i d- i don't think it is because he doesn't have the like journalistic standards needed to mm-hmm. really be considered journalism. So, right. Yeah, I think it it is more of a novel than it is. Not yeah, I guess <laughs> I w- if I was like stocking it in a in a library no not a library a bookstore. Mm-hmm. I guess I would I would put it in fiction, because
1: if that was my only choice
0: right so that's lots of people hate that and when i say lots of people i mean authors they hate the the hard fiction non-fiction divide right um because they say everything that's um non-fiction does have some untruth in it Mm -hmm. and everything if it's good fiction it should have some things that are true in it right right um and other other languages don't have nonfiction and fiction the way that English does. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, I guess what the the article is asking is, is this kind of I see it as like tongue in cheek constructing of of the White House. Is that the only way to represent the current administration, as the author kind of says? Mm. Is it impossible to be journalistic with people who have no interest in things that journalism is interested in?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> I when I read it, I actually agreed with them. Well, at least I, I agreed with the assessment of this book in saying that this is a good way... Of of portraying what is happening as it's kind of being in itself is kind of representing that that caricature, um, if you will, when it seems like a lot of these people are just caricatures. Um, What was I gonna say? What was your next? What was the second part of that question?
0: Is this the? Is it the only way to represent? Yes. The current administration.
1: The the thing along those lines that I've just been amazed with um with trump and his tweets is that as as hard as people try to take the high ground against trump they just always seem to fail um Mm -hmm. or the high road i i argue that trump is just constantly on the low road pretty much all the time um and i'm just like that's kind of his thing Right. And I so my thought is, why don't more people just stick to the high road? Don't go on Twitter and try to like talk, you know, get back at Trump, just like try to continue to do your your business as usual. But for some reason, Trump has this ability to just like convince people that they have to come down to the low road and, and try to work with him. Um, and so in some ways, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you can really come at it from a traditional journalistic standpoint mm-hmm. and talk about what's happening. I think people have tried. People will try. Um, but I don't think right now those are going to get much traction. Um, I think, I hope in the future, maybe we can look back and be like, oh, wow, Like this is what it actually looked like. But I think right now, and with the popularity of fire and fury, right? This is, <laughs> this is what it is. Um, and I, I, I would say I agree with the author of this article. And when he says, this is basically the best and maybe only way to properly show what this is like right now.
0: So I, I guess I'd say I, I would want him to be more, uh, upfront or just present the different stories that he's heard. Cause you know, like what he said on Colbert, he made judgments about which of the stories, conflicting stories that he heard, is the truth, as he says. So, like if you're gonna if you're gonna go with saying these people are just caricatures, um, and they're all just lying and trying to impose their lies upon what actually happened, just go go all in then. You know, like don't say oh here's what I think is true. Just say here's what one person told me right. same event. Here's what someone else told me totally conflicted each other. So th- to me that, that way you don't end up in the messy situation that I think fire and fury is in of, um, probably to, yeah, probably misleading the, p- the readers in some situations. Cause he's not going to be right every time. Right. I don't have that much faith in Michael Wolf so like if you if you're saying um you know maybe i can't find the truth here just show everything
1: right but but in a sense that that doesn't really that isn't where our our cultural climate is at right now is it i don't think um i don't think that people there's not a lot of people out there looking to f- see okay what are all the what is everything what is everybody saying in this situation not a lot of people right, step back right. and say okay what's happening and then I'm going to make a decision based so on so just that.
0: make it like a, a cacophony of voices just make it so so much is being said and so much is being contradicted that that's just the sense you get from the White House you know just emphasize, emphasize how Little sure information is coming out.
1: Would people read that?
0: No, people wouldn't read it because we <laughs> right. like stories. We like narratives. Right. That's that's why I we mean, that's... always make we always make narratives even when there's there maybe isn't one.
1: Right, and that's that's my point. Right from from reading this article, I haven't read the book. From, from reading this article, it sounds like this guy really knew what he was doing. And, and put a lot of time and thought into this idea of telling a story in this way. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he's trying to mislead people. I think he is just trying to tell a story. well, he's kind of trying to mislead people like, by saying that it's all true even though he knows it's not yeah um, but but the he, he's just trying to tell a story you as a, as if it was true, I think and so i think people need to be reading it in that light um and i but, but yeah,
0: I, I don't think people are though right so yeah i, I mean s- stories are great like i'm i'm not going to be the person to start bashing stories because i love stories right um but if if your point is everyone is making up their own story don't make up your own story when you're, like, unless he's being super meta, but I don't think he is. I think Um, he might be. No. Like, based on interviews that I've seen with him, he wants this to be taken seriously as, this is what's happening, not as, oh, I'm imposing my own narrative on this. Yeah. About this work, about everyone imposing their own narratives on the administration. Like, that would be a great like that would be a great work of literature it would be super meta which is like the cool thing right now Um. but yeah I think to me he's too and like collectively the book is too like entrenched in trying to be realistic I guess like uh, that—that's something that's something that's been frustrating me um I love f- realistic books uh Tolstoy is my jam uh mm-hmm. Dostoyevsky is a noted realist um and they're the best uh, mm, probably but uh realism isn't the only way to convey important things um so I, I just if you want to say that, who knows what's coming out of the White House? Just make it bonkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, just have it, have it be totally nuts. Right.
1: Okay, I can see that.
0: Because, because then you you don't run. The risk. I don't know if I- this is. Like I assume people, he wants people to take it seriously, right? And say like, oh, here's what's really happening, right? But um, right, I don't think he can say that with any confidence, uh, or he should say that with any confidence. So make it so unbelievable and so like contradictory that Mm -hmm. people like, what on earth is going on? Right. And not like, oh wow, this is what's going on. It's just like wow how can how can anything get done when there's so there's like when there's this level of contradiction and misinformation even within the staff right right i think I think that's a more truthful way to represent what he wants to portray
1: right and I think that that yeah i would I would agree with you, but I'm also yeah i also think that if people understand what he's trying to do or what he is doing in this novel i'm gonna call it a novel um i think that's fine but to your point if he's just misleading people then that's not okay
0: also uh most people probably haven't read it or won't read it um and we'll just take it as a a hit piece or oh wow Donald Trump eats a cheeseburger every night before going to bed like i feel like that's all we're going to take away from it which is uh eh, not great i mean what, so
1: you're saying so you're saying we should take more we should be taking more away from this book or there should be something else that is of better value that has more to take away from it
0: I think we should be taking more value away from the book than we actually are Um, and different than what Michael Wolf intends. What would that be? That you just, you can't tell what's going on in this White House by talking to people from the White House Mm -hmm. because they don't care about being truthful. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, people still go to press conferences with Sandra Huckabee Sanders no what's her name Sarah Huckabee I have no idea. yeah Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh but she clearly has no interest in saying like telling the truth um like she or clarifying the position of uh president trump because his position is intentionally unclear mm-hmm. on most things um, except for when he's lying. Um, that's going to sound really negative and cynical, but, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so but people still go listen to her and ask her questions. Right. Or people, like, bring Kellyanne Conway on their their television show. That's just, that's silly. You're just, you're asking to, you're asking her to come on and just lie to you because you know that's what she's going to do.
1: Right. So I guess my question is, what do we do if if we can't trust anyone? Nobody's telling us the truth. The narrative is more important than facts. So I, if the two of us are in an agreement that truth Mm -hmm. and facts are important, not Mm -hmm. just the narrative, um, what do we do in that case?
0: Uh, Oh, yeah, weirdly, I would say just ignore the admin, like, ignore what the administration is saying and trust the people whose jobs it is to represent the truth. Um, like, I I know everyone says, oh, the media is, not everyone, Trump says, the media is corrupt and nothing that they says is true. Uh, that has not consistently been the case. Um, and, like, the point of the media...
1: In Trump's presidency? I think so. Of yes. all time. Hmm? It just recently in Trump's presidency or just in general?
0: I, in general. I don't think the right. media it, or, like, the print media is totally corrupt. Uh, I think the point is for them to... Uh, say this is what's actually going on when people are intentionally spreading misinformation like the post or watergate or like every time we find out something that the government's lying to us about like who's telling us these things it's the press right um so i think i mean we don't we're not journalists but just don't lean into like, I'm going to disagree with Michael Wolf. Don't lean into uh, what the, like, Trump administration wants you to do, which is just go with feelings more than what's actually happening or mm-hmm. this narrative is more important than what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, you can use... Basically, we have enough data right now that you can tell any story and have data to back it up. Um, but that's that's not the point that I f- I'm trying to make. Like, yeah, don't don't go along with the misinformation. Like, take the time to find the right information find the right people um and tell a story well mm-hmm. yeah
1: i just yeah it, it just is really interesting to me that it's like why do we it's amazing that we are so influenced by trump saying that the government is or that the media is corrupt right all of a sudden mm-hmm. like in the back of our minds we start believing it um, but yeah, to your point, it's like, generally speaking, like, the media is uh, actually our like only hope to actually get to the truth in a lot of ways. Right,
0: like credible sources. Right, are usually like they're credible sources for a reason.
1: Right, um, and and it was interesting. So going back to the post, it was interesting. The there was so much like tension between so like Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks characters had been like part of the Washington Post for a while and actually had like personal relationships with um, the presidents and mm-hmm. um, other people as well and so like part of the struggle of that movie was was not only just saying okay is this gonna you know hurt hurt our company and myself but rather like I have relationships with these people and like now all of a sudden they're lying to us and like they're changing, um, what, what is true and what is not. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's not like these people, I don't, I don't know. I mean, again, that was what 40 years ago now, but I'd like to hope that there are still people in journalism in the wall street journal, in Um, The Washington Post and other newspapers and media outlets that are still holding the truth higher than relationships that they might have or, you know, some other false narrative. Um, So I don't know. I I would argue that the media outlets are fairly credible, if not more credible than anything else you're going to see. Um, out there telling you information that are about, especially about the government.
0: Mm-hmm. And, like, Trump's biggest play right now is just discredit everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the n- the Nunes memo was published today, or declassified today. Um, if you don't know what that is, look it up. But, the point is that uh, he's trying to discredit the DOJ and the FBI just in general um, so that anything that they might say is like oh well they're just biased against Trump Mm -hmm. so he like discrediting everything is is kind of a standard play for this administration so Mm -hmm. don't like discredit yourself Um, like take a stand and say say no the administration's wrong this is what's actually going on mm-hmm. uh, though you know if every word that Donald Trump says is the truth then you know who knows you can't fight that but uh, man how bizarre is this I woke up the other day mm-hmm. I looked at my, my phone gives me news alerts right and it says Donald Trump it gets in Twitter war with Jay Z I was like oh okay moved on with my day like how how is it a thing where the president gets in a a a public like spat Uh with a rapper right and it's just like that's not even news that's just like a normal thing that's also surprised like i'm not (laughs) surprised that happened
1: discounting the fact that also our president is a reality tv host
0: right yeah yeah, like, this just the bar for ridiculousness is so high.
1: Right, right. That him getting in a Twitter argument with Jay Z is just not even.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, like that's just like, uh. <laughs> and then
1: on top of that too, when when Oprah makes a great speech and then everybody says Oprah for president, mm-hmm. it's not even. That doesn't even sound. That sounds pretty good. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But if you would have said that like five years ago, we'd be like, "What? What do you mean, Oprah?"
0: Right. So yeah, I love. I love uh, fiction, and I love journalism, but I don't love Fire and Fury because I think it's it's inappropriately mixing the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the point of journalism is to be objective and say this is the truth, this is what happened, boom. And the point of fiction is to take oh, the, a mess of the world and write about it in a way that like cuts through the noise and says, this is a truth of what's going on and it doesn't matter what the facts are because that's, that's not what I'm trying to tell here. So I love both of them. I like fiction more, um, but I I think it's they play like kind of conflicting roles in our world. One is, I mean, they're both trying to get at the truth, mm-hmm. but fiction is is a more constructive view, where journalism I think should be. Um, Whatever non constructive Like, this is things that happened.
1: Right. It should be more like... Descriptive. History as it's happening. Although that's a whole other can of worms, but...
0: Right. So, yeah, I so I... There's two different views of history. One's constructivism, and the other one's the thing that I'm trying to remember but can't. So I I think the role of journalism is to be that non-constructive history... Where um, mm-hmm. analysis right. is more th- that constructive, like journalism is to tell us this is what's happened, and then mm-hmm. analysis says this is what we think about it, this is why it happened. Right. Um, so I, I, yeah, Fire and Fury to me plays too fast and loose with fiction analysis. And wanting to be journalism. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it.
1: it, Yeah, I think what kind of what you're saying is it's it's presenting itself as journalism, but it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, But it's actually written as fiction, and uh, to your point again about the idea of journalism is just kind of like, this is what has happened. Going back to the post again, right? They didn't. They're not talking about the implications of you know. All of the this classified document that they mm-hmm. have, right, or or interpreting it, they're just literally presenting the information to the public. Um, nobody is really expressing any opinions; they're just getting it out there. So in this, right, he's presenting it as a way of like this is what's happening, but then he's he's assigning opinions to it, he's assigning truth to it, um, mm-hmm. and so it is it is that mess of. This is journalism, but it's also not just the facts. It's true, and I'm going to tell you my opinion when these conflicting ideas or, or conflicting stories are happening.
0: Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was a fun article.
1: Yeah. He also – did you want to, like, talk about any of the references to Tolstoy or – do we get do we talk about those? Well, things? it just
0: it talks about um well like what's nice we want journalism to be Tolstoy is basically what he says. Tolstoy mm-hmm. paints very clear pictures of his characters. People say it's uh more real than real life, um Tolstoy's writing. Uh and that's like that's how we want journalism, that's how we want the world to be, we want it to be this clear thing, here's our heroes, here's our villains. Great, awesome, and everything's real life. Um, But he's saying that the people in the current administration know the roles that they're playing and they're intentionally playing those roles. Um, So how do you, you write about them if they're already... He calls them real-life fictional characters. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand. If anything, that makes it easier to write about them. Um, Like if, if Steve Bannon has a role that he's playing and he knows that he's playing that role, why does that make it harder to say things about him? I don't know. Um yeah so I I I love all references to Dostoevsky but it does say that Steve Bannon thinks he's in a Dostoevsky novel. Um So any uh any final thoughts?
1: Um I think yeah I I I don't I w- I don't know if I'm as harsh as you are on it. I definitely see what you're saying and agree with you. Um, but I think, for what it is, it might be okay. As long as you take it as a work of, of fiction. Um, and I think, in the future, it'll be looked upon better than it is now. I mean, obviously, I agree with everything you're saying. It's not You shouldn't present it in this way shouldn't say it's truth if it's not um and it can be misleading but i think in a sense it's kind of the perfect way of describing what's going on in in the white house right now even though but but in in almost like a satirical way if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so if you read it from that perspective it might be okay any other perspective probably not
0: yeah so which is why I just think it should be more clearly trying to fit together lies that don't. Um That's fair. So, uh Adrian, you got any recommendations for us this week?
1: Yes, yeah, so obviously we've talked about it a lot, but the post would recommend. Um if you if you aren't a fan of like slower movies maybe you won't enjoy it um because really like i was thinking about it it's like there's really no action in this movie at all but um it's good um it's a classic it's a classic like best picture movie Mm -hmm. um i don't think it's gonna win but it just has that classic best picture film to it um but then also so that's kind of like half a half a uh, recommendation since we've already talked about it. But then my uh, next recommendation. Um, so the other week I gave the recommendation of the Oh Hellos album Notos or however you pronounce it. Just I found out the other an
0: EP, but.
1: an EP. Just found out the other day that on February ninth they are releasing another EP. Um, which I am also very excited about. so
0: yeah, I saw that they had a new single they have a single like immediately out. after that EP
1: right, so they have a single coming out um or it's already out um so check that out and then February 9th when that comes out check that out. also, I'm just gonna keep going on music that's coming out. Lord Huron yeah. has a new uh, s- new single out um
0: Two. Well, parts one and two.
1: Two singles. I haven't listened to part two yet. I need to, but I check know. them out. Um,
0: they've yeah. got a. They've got an album coming out. Yeah. Uh. Sometime.
1: Also, if you haven't listened to Lord Huron ever, don't know who they are, listen to them because they're fantastic. All right.
0: Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to find out when that I was one of their top uh 1% of fans last year. Congratulations. Anyway. Um
1: recommendations.
0: Yeah, I've been watching a show called Full Metal Alchemist. That's a r- it's really good. Um, is
1: it like Full Metal Jacket?
0: Uh so I thought it was going to be like Full Metal Jacket. It's not. Well, I mean it kind of is. There's like a military-ish setting. But mm-hmm. it's an anime. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't often watch animes, um, but one of my favorite YouTube channels, Wisecrack, mm-hmm. had a a video about it, and I watched it because I always watch videos about things that I haven't seen. Um, and I was like, "Huh, that seems that seems good. I'll check that out." Um, so it's good, um, and for me, it's it's. Uh, it's like weirdly relevant, um, because the, these kids are alchemists, um, which are basically like scientists in this world and they work for the military because they pay for them to do research and uh like like allow them to live and make money. Uh and even though like the military has done lots of things they don't agree with or don't like and they're they're sometimes conflicted about their involvement with the military. So for me, that's like my life. Um, So weirdly, the show about uh, like a living suit of armor and a kid with a metal arm is like one of the most relevant shows to my life that I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) And it's also, there's like an extended dialogue about the role of faith and the role of science in the world um which is another one of my jams. Uh so it's and it takes a very um moderate and like you know maybe we need both approach to things which is uh uncommon for yeah. many discussions about science and faith. So that's been fun. Interesting. Another thing uh, so it's it's uh yeah it's been Uncommon for me to watch an anime, but another thing I do like about anime, they uh, they really lean in to animation, um, like a lot of this this anime. Anyway, I don't know about animes. In, uh, okay, I'm gonna say animes in general. Mm-hmm. Lots of um, cartoons that I've seen seem to tie themselves to real life even though they're drawings um like bojack horseman for example even though it's a world full of anthropomorphized animals and people living together it doesn't get like really weird everyone still like does normal human things but uh in in full metal alchemist they uh to me, they take more advantage of being cartoons. So when people feel things, they feel them just, just extravagantly Mm -hmm. or um, you can like show a person huge, even though they're not just because of how their role is in the story. You can do like impossible things with the camera or um, people's movements, stuff like that. So to me, it's a, it's a better use of, the the fiction um than some other you know cartoons that i've seen Mm -hmm. um and then i'm uh, I'm gonna recommend a a much more conventional austin recommendation (laughs) uh hamlet uh Uh. i reread it this past weekend it's great Mm -hmm. um i was watching a video uh or debate uh where the the question was who's more relevant to our lives, Kanye West or Shakespeare? Um, And so Mm. I I wanted to be hard in the Shakespeare camp, but I haven't read Hamlet um, in probably five years. And I was much worse at reading um, when I read it last. Mm -hmm. So I reread it. It's great. His to be or not to be soliloquy is amazing. Like I know it's, like, oh, yeah, that's Hamlet and Shakespeare. But it, like, actually read it, it's great. Um, and, yeah, the language is weird and archaic, but it's not really. You just got to get a, get into the rhythm of it, and mm-hmm. uh, it's great. Would so. you,
1: did you agree or disagree that Shakespeare has more or less relevance to our lives today?
0: Um so I I'm always gonna say that he has more relevant to our li- relevance in our lives, um right. than Kanye because like so much of literature has and our worlds has been shaped by Shakespeare. Right. Um like so much of how we think about the world basically. Um, intentionally or not, has been shaped by Shakespeare just because he's such a giant in literature. Right. And to me, literature is how we how we make sense of living. Uh, Kanye is just not old enough. Right. Anyways, um,
1: we don't need to go down this route because it probably could be an entire other episode. Yeah. But
0: so somebody said. Kanye is not as relevant anymore. He was most relevant when he said George Bush hates black people on that telecon or telethon. Have mm. you seen that video? No, I don't think. so. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, <laughs> uh, they're doing a, a Hurricane Katrina relief, and uh, they're uh, Kanye West is on it for some reason. It's like, um, like 2004, whenever Katrina happened, mm-hmm. and they're about to cut away to a commercial break. And Kanye is just like, George Bush hates black people. And everyone's just like, (laughs) they have no idea how to respond. It's hilarious. Um, Like, the video's hilarious. The whole situation's not.
1: Right, right. Anyway. This is getting out of hand, this recommendation. (laughs) Part of this episode.
0: (laughs) That's what I got, so thanks for joining us.
1: Yep. We'll see See you next uh, week. Yep.